Blog Talk Radio.
We have a neat, unique, unique prayer. It's going to be by a song. This is powerful. It's called, Hello, God, It's Me. Amen. Oh, they're hearing me now. Praise God. Sorry. Hello. God, it's me. Amen. I was wondering Amen. if we could talk with you and know everything about oh, life. Oh, the presence of Heard up a little bit. You please. said, call unto me when you show me great and mighty things. Well, hello, Father. I know you hear me. I've got dreams and ideas my mind of how life should be, but oh Father, I don't want to leave, Amen. in my own understanding, 
thunder and it's just such a lightning and it's just And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Egypt It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood His return is very close and so you better be believing That our God is an awesome God
Amen. Well, praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Glory to God. You know, the Lord, he likes obedience over sacrifice. Amen. So tonight, as the Holy Spirit guides me and what he has shown me to share, tonight, your choice, we all choose, choose today who you will serve, will you obey or, diso- or, or, or disobedience? Obey or disobedience? Shalom, brothers and sisters, grace and mercy from the Lord, from the loving, righteous Father and from our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Be empowered tonight by the mighty comforter, Holy Spirit. Again tonight, the Lord Jesus wants you to see the contrast between obedience and being disobedient. Amen? All started from the start of creation. When the new created human beings the created children of God encountered one who was the first was disobedient. This one came in the form of a serpent in the Garden of Eden. Who was this one? He was Lucifer, one of the mighty archangels of God. He was given free will just like Adam and Eve, you and me. This is how our God is. He loves us so much. He loves his angels so much that he gave us the ability to choose who we will serve, who we will obey. I mean, will we obey his commands in him, our God and creator? As God has made us and we were on this world, we all have to face decisions to obey him, his commandments, or be sinful, wicked, and disobedient. Forgive me, brothers and sisters. I've, I've had some, we've had some allergies and stuff here in Texas. Uh, be praying. Hallelujah. Praise his name anyway. The adversary we face is very cunning and old and wise about being deceitful and disobedient. The Lord Jesus warns us, let no man deceive you. Why did he say that? Because the ones who are born again and are controlled, I mean, the ones that are born again are controlled. And some of the, of the ones that are possessed of the spirit of disobedience. Oh, forgive me. It is because the ones who are not born again, the ones who are not born again are controlled and some possessed of the spirit of disobedience. You do not want to be deceived unless misled, misled by them. Amen? The devil is a schemer, a liar. He is the enemy of God. He is full of himself. He is vain, very prideful. Let's look at this and see where disobedience really came from. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. All right, babe. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, light bringer, son of the dawn. You've been cut down to the ground. You have weakened the nations, king of Babylon. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the remote parts of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself 
like the Most High. Verse 15. <clears throat> but in fact, you will be brought down to Sheol, to remote recesses of the pit, the region of the dead. Amen. That's right, Sister Maria. His characteristics is like a weasel. Two things the Holy Spirit wants you to see in these passages. Amen. First, that Lucifer said in his heart five times. He says, I will, not God's will, but my will. He is very vain and prideful in his heart, which leads to disobedience and rebellion. Must have had a great must have had great influence and learned how to deceive and mislead quickly because a third of the angels were disobedient and followed him in his rebellion. He started this disobedience. Sin was found in his heart with his free will. He chose his own way, which in contrast is the opposite of God's way. The other thing to be seen here is his influence on people. In verse 12, he influences and controls the king of Babylon. We know, as we read about the king of Babylon, that in that his attitude sounds a lot like Lucifer's. Go to Daniel 4. Daniel 4, verses 20 through 35. Let me get a drink here. Daniel 4, verses 20 through 35. Amen. Hallelujah. A tree that you saw, which became great and grew strong, who reached to the heaven, which is visible to all the earth. This is Daniel uh, interpreting the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, one of, one of his dreams. Amen. Whose foliage was beautiful, it is fruit abundant, of which the food for all the under, which the beasts of the field live, and whose branches the birds of the sky nested. It is you, O king, who have become great and grown strong. Your greatness has increased and reaches to heaven. Your dominion reaches to the ends of the earth. In that the king saw angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, Cut down, cut the tree down and destroy it, but leave the stump with its roots in the earth, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him feed with the beasts of the field until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is the degree, it is a degree a decree, decree of the Most High God, which has come upon my Lord the King, that you shall be driven from mankind, and your dwelling place shall be the beast of the field, and you be given grass to eat like a cattle, and be wet with dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know, without any doubt, that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind, and he bestows it to whoever he desires. Well, we see who controls the leaders 
and leaders of the world right here, don't we? Amen. God's involved. God is in control. In that I was commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the tree and the earth, your kingdom shall be restored to you after you recognize, understand fully that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let me advise you to be considered and found acceptable. Break away now from your sins. Exhibit your repentance by doing what is right and from your wickedness showing mercy to the poor so that if you repent, there may be a possibility the continuance of your prosperity and tranquility and healing of your era. And then the vision is fulfilled. Here it is in verse 28. All this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on the upper level of the royal palace of Babylon. The king said thoughtfully, It's not this the great Babylon which myself have built as royal residence and seat of government by the might by my I mean by the might of my power and for the honor and glory of my majesty. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. You want to see what God thinks about pride? Verse thirty one. While the words were still in the king's mouth, a voice as if falling from heaven, saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, the kingdom has been removed from you, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place will be with the animals of the field, and you will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you know without any doubt that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind, and he Behold it on whoever he desires. Verse 33. Immediately, the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle. And his body was wet from the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagles' feathers. His nails were like bird's claws. But at the end of the days, that is, at the seven periods of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. My understanding and reasoning returned to me. I blessed the Most High God. I praised and honored and glorified him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Generation. Verse 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are regarded as nothing. But he does according to his will in the host of heaven, among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Boy, did I tell you what, did some people uh, need to hear that? Woo! Boy, some people need to hear that. Who are they to question God? What is this? We know that Brother Elsie shared what the Lord said. People's going to be turning to beast. Why are they going to be turning to beast? Because of pride. Because of pride. In the tribulation. Because of pride. Glory to God at this time. We're in the time of grace right now. 
because with pride and wickedness, God does not, <laughs> he does not tolerate. But right now, you're seeing the great love of God and the mercy and grace through his son that he would have none perish. He knows what we're frail. He knows we deal with sin. And he, as, as one can say, he's put out a long, long rope to give people a chance to get right with him. But when he has said enough is enough, and when he gives the final word, God Almighty, then that'll be it. Just by his word, it will be fulfilled. It'll be glorious. It'll be glorious for the ones that are looking for his coming. The ones who want to go to heaven, and that's our true home. The ones that are serving him daily. Not a weekly thing, but daily serving the Lord God. For this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because of him. Praising him. Honoring him by our words and our deeds. By our songs. What we listen to. What we watch. What we read. What we think about. It is a personal relationship with God. It is a personal relationship with the true living God. And you can see here, this guy was the, one of the greatest kings and men ever on this earth. And he was humbled down to be at peace because of his pride. Pride shows before fall. And there's a lot of people that are getting ready to fall because of pride in this world. God have mercy. Especially the arrogant, arrogant leaders that we have. That seem like have no care nobody but their own selves. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters. Let's move on. We see the same attitude as Lucifer has. He thinks that he is the, he is the greatest. Well, as we know from, God, from the word of God, pride goes before a fall. In Satan's choice, in the king of Babylon's choice, and even our choices. Pride itself leads to disobedience. Amen? So what does disobedience mean? Lack of obedience or refusal to comply? Disregard or transgression? You do not want to obey God? You want to do it your way. Let me ask you a question. If one of the great angels of God or one of the great kings of the world thought they knew better than God and wanted to do their way and failed, both were taught a great lesson, that you too need to listen and obey the Creator. Lucifer was humble. Nebuchadnezzar was humble. And you will be humble too. We all have to face this. We all have to see we cannot in any way make it by our own ways or our own will. No way. Let's look at the beginning again and see the creator and God of the Most High instead of Adam and Eve. Amen? This applies to each one of us too because there is good and evil in the world. We have to face it and choose from good and evil every day. What we do, what we see, what we say to, choose what we say to. Choose to obey God and Creator or choose to be disobedient. Go to Genesis 2. Genesis 2, verse 15 through 17. 
So the Lord God took the man he had made and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You freely, unconditionally eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, but only from the tree of the knowledge, the recognition of good and evil, you shall not eat. Otherwise, on that day you eat from it, you shall certainly die because of your disobedience. Notice that the Lord God didn't suggest, he commanded. Remember, he is God. We are his children. We are to listen and obey him. Now, we know why disobedience is a disobedient one is trying to make kids and teens disobey parents and not respect them or any authority. He wants them to learn this so they will not obey and respect their heavenly father. This is why any of these Movements that are against family, God's way of life are popular. Remember, Jesus said, men love the darkness, so they did not expect, I mean, expect the light, I mean, respect the light of God. I'm sorry, did not accept the light of God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So why should ISIS get so many to come to them and obey and follow them? Because. They let they let you do whatever you want to rebel, kill, steal, and destroy. The true nature of disobedience. They can live their way. They are deceived, thinking that this is good. What they are doing, but truly it is wicked and evil. Just like so many areas in our society now. Calling good evil and evil good. God have mercy. So your disobedience leads to death. What kind of death? Both spiritually and physically. Physical death in the sense of becoming mortal. They were created in more immortal. When Adam and Eve chose with their free will to disobey God and sin, they chose to become immortal in death. You really think they would choose this if they truly knew what would happen? No, we would say, but they did. No, God told them and commanded them not to eat of this tree. Instead, they choose to listen to a fallen created being in a form of a serpent. They were given all authority over the world and all the creatures by God Almighty. Only thing Adam and Eve had to do was say, no, serpent. God, our creator, told us not to eat of this or we will die. We, too, have to tell the devil no to sin and tell this old flesh no. You will not have your way. I am obeying the Lord God. Amen? So, again, we see why we have to be born again. Born from above by the spirit of the life. Only by the spirit of God. To start your life of obedience to your creator. To have to make this first step. You have to recognize that you are sinful. Separated from God because of your disobedience, your very nature. We are born in the flesh is polluted by sin. We have a sinful nature. We have to be changed. We have to be redeemed. We have to come humble before the Lord. You have to choose to obey him by accepting what Jesus Christ did for us. 
He gave his life and poured out his blood for each of us so that we can be set free from our sinful nature and be free from the one who can never be free from his sinful nature, Satan. <coughs> you, with your free will and life that God, the Creator, gave you, you can choose to obey and follow him. Amen? Amen, hallelujah. Praise God. The battle. Forgive me. Pray for healing, Lord. Pray for a dried up nose. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. So now let's look more about obey or disobedience. Amen? When doing this study, I was amazed that there was not a lot of references about disobedience. But they do make their point in what God wants you to know. So we will make the right and wise decision. Amen? So, so you will make the right decision and the wise decision. Go to Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 26. Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 26. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets, which testified against them to turn them to thee, and they were wrought great provocations. So we see disobedience and rebellion go hand in hand. Interesting statement, cast thy law behind their backs, thinking, trying to hide God's word. So they were <coughs> not convicted. <coughs> God have mercy. And I guess that's where the word backsliding comes from. Put God's word behind your back instead of in front of you. <coughs> Go to Luke 1, verse 17. Luke 1, verse 17. And he shall go before him, and he, and he shall go before him in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Speaking of John the Baptist who speaks wisdom from God. So the disobedient were turned, would turn back to God. Amen? Here, listen to this. You don't want to be part of this crowd. This will clearly show you disobedience. Go to Romans 1. Romans 1, verse 28 to 32. 28 to 32. Hmm. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing as their creator, God gave them over to the depraved mind to do the things which are improper and repulsive until they were filled, permeated, and saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, mean-spiritedness. They are gossips, spreading rumors, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of new forms, evil, disobedient, disrespectful to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, without pity. Although they know God's righteous decree 
and his judgment, that those do such things deserve death. Yet they not only do them, but they even enthusiastically approve and tolerate others who practice them. God have mercy. The nature of disobedience. Disobedience. Disobey God, your creator. And the influence others to do the same. And last, to tolerate and approve such ungodly lifestyle. You know, brothers and sisters, as I read, the amazing thing is, Jesus died on the cross for these kind of people. And all of us have had this kind of stuff in our lives before we came to Christ. Jesus died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As we were the enemies of God, totally opposite of him, what great love he had, he died for us. It is amazing to think about. Amazing to think about. What kind of love, excuse me, grace and mercy God has for us. In such a time as this, praise God. All right, go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 8 through 11. Now we know without any doubt that the law is good. And if one uses it lawfully and appropriately, understanding the fact that law is not enacted for the righteous person, the one who's right standing with God, but for the lawless and rebellious people, for the ungodly and sinful, for the irreverent, and profane, <coughs> excuse me, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, verse 10, for sexual immoral persons, for homosexuals, for the kidnappers, slave traders, for liars, perjurers, and for whatever else contrary to sound doctrine, according to to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which which I have been entrusted. This phrase says it all, what we are seeing so much these days. But whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, amen, so clear by God's word. Okay, go to Second Timothy, chapter 3. Verses 1 through 9, difficult times will come. Amen. Rebuke you, sickness, in the name of Jesus. Any kind of infirmity, allergy, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for clear lungs and nose to quit running, Lord, where I'm able to share your word. But I'll keep going the best I can. With your strength, Lord, I praise you because your word is important to get out. Nose running or not. Hallelujah. But I understand but understand this, that the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self. Well, we know that's true. Narcissists, self-focused, lovers of 
money. Oh, we know that one. Impaled by greed, boastful, arrogant, uh, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, callous and inhuman, irreconcilable, malicious gossip, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to the form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. For among them are those who are worm their ways into homes, encapsulate morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women, weighed down. By the burdens of their sins, easily swayed by various impulses. Always learning and listening to anybody who will teach them, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Just as Janus and Jamrith, the court musicians of Egypt, opposed Moses. So these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved minds unqualified and worthless as teachers in regard to the faith. But they will not get very far, for their meaningless nonsense and arrogance will become obvious to everyone as it was that of Janus and Jamrus. Janus and Jamrus were against God's anointed leader, Moses, in the Old Testament. Paul uses them as an example of disobedience. Amen? Now go to Titus 1, verse 16. Titus 1, verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in words they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. So that abominable, disobedient, and reprobate all fit together. God have mercy. God have mercy. You don't want to be here. Titus 3.3. Oh, glory to your name, Lord. You share the truth. The truth has to be spoken so people know where they're at, what they need to do in their life. Titus 3.3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, Faithful, hating one another. We were disobedient at one time. Now I can say this, brothers and sisters, these kind of things should not be named among you now as believers in Christ. For you have been changed. You have been rectified. You have been redeemed. You are a new creation in Christ. Glory to his name. We were... We were disobedient one time, but we do not have to be anymore. Amen? Now, look here at verse 4 through 7. Look at the change in our lives by being obedient to God. Now, listen to this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Titus 3, 4 through 7. Glory to his name. But when the goodness 
and kindness of God our Savior, hallelujah, and his love for us, for mankind appeared in human form as a man, Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. As a man of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy by the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and the renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free of the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved grace, hallelujah, and that we would be acknowledged as acceptable to him and make heirs, hallelujah, get excited, heirs of eternal life, actual experience of it, according to our hope, his guarantee, amen, hallelujah, what great things he has done for each of us who obey and serve him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's exciting. That's a powerful part of Scripture. Woo! Glory. Remember that one, brothers and sisters. <laughs> you ought to be almost flying to heaven on that one. Titus 3, 4 through 7. Glory to God. Let's go to more of God's Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody awake in that chat room? Somebody should be shouting and praising the Lord here. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 2, verse 7 through 8, 1 Peter 2, 7 through 8, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, praise your wonderful name, we thank you for your presence, Lord, hallelujah, and we humble ourselves before you, Lord, we can do nothing without you, glory to your name, that we obey as you command us, O Lord, hallelujah, verse 7, this precious value, then, is for you who believe in him as God's only son, the source of salvation. But those who disbelieve, now listen to this, those who disbelieve, which is disobedience, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, hallelujah, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they disobey the word of God. And to this day who reject him as Savior were also appointed. You who disobey, you who stumble, <coughs> you who fall, your choice to be disobedient and sinful will lead to death. Not just the physical death, but spiritual death, the second death. The Lord showed me that when you die in your sin and be in disobedient to him, you will live in eternity with your sinful nature. Your soul is eternal. What God makes is eternal. So the flesh does die and turn back into dust, but your soul forever. With your free will, you choose the Lord God in his heaven for eternity or you will choose the devil and hell for your eternity. Only two choices. Choose wisely 
when you still have time. Remember, you are one breath away from eternity each day. One thing about the eternity separated from God, you will not have a free will anymore. You will be under bondage and the power of the devil in not obeying your creator and almighty God. God have mercy on any of you who reject his son, Jesus Christ, who is the only savior of your soul and everyone in the world. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. God have mercy on anybody that does not choose Christ. Romans 5, verse 19. Romans 5, verse 19. For as one man's disobedient, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Clear in God's word, amen. Hallelujah. Jesus was, I mean, Adam was disobedient. So many were made sinners. And Jesus was obedient, even to the death on a cross of doing his Father's will, and many were made righteous. Praise his name. Ephesians 2, 2. Ephesians 2, 2. Excuse me, brother, sister. Ephesians 2. Wherein the time passed, walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Spirit works in the children of disobedience. The spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of disobedience. Amen. There is a spirit behind people being disobedient. Ephesians 5, verse 6. Ephesians 5, verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. The wrath of God on the disobedient children. God have mercy. That's how close we are. When the Lord comes for his church, when the time of the church age is over, when his time of grace is over, then the judgment and the wrath of God is coming. And it's coming on people for disobedience. And the main disobedience is the arrogance and pride of saying, I don't need no Savior. I don't need Jesus. I can do it myself, just like the devil was saying. And that will be a terrible fall upon you, because you will see in live color, you will see live in your life what is the wrath of God, what is the evilness of the enemy and his spirit, evil spirit. It will be out there live in color. It will be for the one to reject Christ. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Mm. Again, we see Paul telling us, the Spirit of God telling us, let no man deceive you with vain words. What does this mean? 
Now, this is what vain words are. Excessively proud or concerned about one's own appearance, quality, achievement, etc. Conceited. I thought for sure this definition, but listen to this one. Listen to this one. Without real significance, value, or importance, baseless or worthless, the last compared to God's word. The standard you hold to any man, a woman's word, they share. Amen? Ineffectual or unsuccessful, futile. Ineffectual or unsuccessful, futile. That's what you compare to God's word. God's word is greater than anything but that because it's truth. The truth will expose the darkness clearly. Amen? All right, go to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 through 3. For if the message given through angels, the law given to Moses, was authentic and unadulterated, and ever violation and disobedient act received an appropriate penalty. How will you how will we escape the penalty if we ignore such a great salvation, the gospel, the new covenant? Go that go to first Samuel fifteen twenty three. First Samuel fifteen through twenty three. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and he has also rejected thee from being king. Why does this come? Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. This is what is happening in these last days. People rejecting Jesus, who is the living word of God. God have mercy. Go to Nehemiah 9, verse 17. Nehemiah 9, verse 17. And they refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but harden their neck. And their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Thank God for his love, mercy, and grace toward us. Amen. Go to Proverbs 17, verse 11. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Now listen to this. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Not a good thing to do. A cruel messenger shall be sent against you? 
What could I clearly show? I know one of the words, what it means about a being angel is messenger. So I would think of a cruel messenger would probably be a what, baby? A demon, evil spirit, because of your what? Rebellion. Jeremiah 28, verse 16. Jeremiah 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord, therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of this earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. Look what will happen to the ones who teach rebellion against the Lord God. Finish this about, now I'm finishing this about disobedience that leads to rebellion, then judgment and death with this. Jude, verses 5 through 13. Oh, God of mercy. God doesn't pull no punches because he wants people to know the truth. And he sure don't want you disobedient. Now, I want to remind you, although you were fully informed once for all, that the Lord, after saving the people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who do not believe, who refuse to trust and obey and rely on him. And angels who do not keep their own designated place of power, but abandon their proper dwelling place, these he has kept in eternal chains under the thick gloom of utter darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the adjacent city sit in the same way as these angels indulge in gross immoral freedom and unnatural vice and sensual perversity. They are exhibited in plain sight as what? As what? As an example in undergoing the punishment of everlasting fire. Nevertheless, in the same way, the dreamers who are dreaming that God will not punish them also defile the body and reject legitimate authority and reveal and mark angelic majesty. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil, Satan, and arguing about the body of Moses, dare bring an abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. But these men sneer at anything which they do not understand. And whatever they do know, by mere instinct, like unreasoning and irrational, what? Peace! It's like Nebuchadnezzar. By these things, they are destroyed. Woe to them! For they have gone the defiant way of Cain, and far and for profit, they have run headlong into the era of Balaam. Now, what are we talking about these days lately? What are they trying to put up? The arches of Baal? Oh, they're changing it now. They're calling it Arch of Triumph. Again, the devil disguising and being sneaky. 
but he's still the same old devil. And perish in rebellion of the mutinous of Korah. These men are hidden reeds, elements of great danger to others. In your love feast, when they feast together with you without fear, looking after only themselves, they are clouds without water, swept along by the winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubt, doubly dead, God have mercy, uprooted and lifeless. Wild waves of the sea, flinging up their own shame like foam. Wandering stars, for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. Well, that pretty, uh, uh, pretty, uh, that pretty well puts it in the perspective. Jude, he don't, he don't, <laughs> oh, he don't pull no punches by led by the Holy Spirit because this is serious business, brothers and sisters. We're talking about things. When you're talking about things of the uh, kingdom of God, when you're talking about God's word, we're talking about eternity. We're not just talking about this life. We're talking about the life to come, which is forever. Oh, forever? Oh, forever? So, I mean, what kind of what kind of point can you figure? Because I know each one of us, where we're at, where we're living, I'm sure there's something on the wall called a clock. But in eternity... There's no time. So in this life, I would think it is far, far important to make sure you're right with God, the true God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of each one of you. He formed you in your mother's womb. God is the one that brings life. Oh, yes, he uses, he uses man and woman. And the beautiful thing in marriage, when it is done right, and he said that uh, be fruitful and multiply, but he makes it happen. And who are you, anyone out there, because everyone else, one of us are created one. Who do you think you are telling the creator how it is supposed to be and how we're supposed to live? You better choose and choose wisely these days. Because just like I said at one point in this uh, in this message, you're one breath away from eternity and facing him. And I pray that now that you will know him and know him personally as Savior and Lord. As Savior and Lord. Because you don't want to meet him as judge and king. God, have mercy on your soul that day. Oh, Lord, have mercy. If we could grasp what it means about these decisions we make in life, they have eternal consequences. Oh, Lord, make it right. Get it settled. You'll be at peace because God made you. And as God has made you, there's a void in you. There's a tugging on you that it has to be filled by him. Go ahead, baby. Oh, amen, yes, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Amen. You you want to be at the uh, at the Bema seat. You want to be where it's rewards. Amen. 
You don't want to be at the great white throne judgment. Oh, God of mercy. All right. All right, we talked about disobedience. Now let's get to the good part. Hallelujah. Because in the Bible, there's contrast. Now, praise God, as any contrast in God's word, he wants you to see the difference so you can choose the right lifestyle for your life and your families. Amen? So, again, there is many more references in the word of God for obeying. Amen? Let's look. We will look at being obedient, then obedience, and finish with obey. Amen? The definition of obey. Now listen to it, it's totally opposite of disobedience. To comply. To comply with. Follow the commands. To submit or conform in action to a guiding principle. Who's the guiding principle? Our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Very clear. You see the difference from obeying and disobeying. Amen? Go to Exodus 24-7. Exodus 24, verse 7. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for showing us the truth. Praise God. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said we will do. Be what? Be what? Amen. Be obedient all that the Lord has said. Amen. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 4, verse 30 to 31, to his glorious name. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 4, verse 30 to 31. When you are in distress and tribulation and all these things come on you, in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is merciful and compassionate God. He will not fail you or destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore to them. Amen. Glory to God. Well, look at here, brothers and sisters, and as the Holy Spirit reveals, who's he talking to here? He's talking to the Israelites. He's talking to who? The Jews. He's talking to who? The people from Israel. Look what it says. When you are in distress and tribulation, he's not talking to the church. He's not talking to the born-again believers of Jesus Christ who believe in Jesus and have not rejected Christ. No, he's talking to the Jews in the latter days, the tribulation, the stress, not the church. Amen? What the Lord is saying, know the word of God. Acts 6, verse 7, hallelujah. Acts 6, verse 7, hallelujah. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests, listen to this, praise God, the ones that were against him, the ones that were part of leading him to the cross, listen to this, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith, amen, 
obedience of the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Amen. Casting down imagination and everything high that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Obedience to Christ. Amen. First Peter 1 Peter 1-2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we will finish with obey by God's word. Obey by God's word. Genesis 22, verse 18. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Abraham obeyed the voice of the Lord God. Amen. Well, now we can see why nations is such a big mess, babe. They all want to turn to, against Israel. What does the word of God say? I will bless those who bless Israel, and I'll do what? I will curse those who curse Israel. Well, here's some pretty good uh, advice and wisdom throughout their nations of the world. Start respecting and blessing Israel, and things would turn around in your countries. But... I know the days we live, and I know what the Word of God says. But there's the smart wisdom. God honors His Word. <laughs> it's very clear there. Very simple. Exodus 19, verse 5. Exodus 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure. Unto me, above all people, for all the earth is mine. Amen. Deuteronomy 11, verse 27. Deuteronomy 11, verse 27. A blessing, if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, a blessing, when you obey the Lord God. Now, look what it, it is to those who disobey. Deuteronomy 11.28. Listen to the ones who don't obey. And a curse. If you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods, which you have not known, a curse for not obeying the Lord your God. God have mercy. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandment. Obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. Amen a pattern for us to follow. Keep his, keep his commandments and obey his voice. Deuteronomy 
27, verse 10. Deuteronomy 27, verse 10. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day. This is so important. The Lord tells the Israelites over and over again to do this. Amen? Now, go to Joshua 22.2. Does that sound like a familiar number, bud? And I said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and obeyed my voice in all I commanded you. Joshua, another example of obeying God's commandments. Amen? Another two, two, two. Joshua, 24, 24. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice will we obey. Good confession of the people and we, too, should say this. Repeat after me. Everyone, repeat after me. The Lord our God we will serve. And his voice we will obey. Amen. Hallelujah. First Samuel 15, 22. Only my sweet baby, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. <laughs> She's a funny lady. I'm grateful for that. First Samuel fifteen twenty two. First Samuel fifteen twenty two. And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight has the Lord in great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken to hearken to his voice than the fat of ram. Amen? Praise God. Isaiah 50, verse 10. Isaiah 50, verse 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servants, that walketh in darkness and have no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Look here, brothers and sisters. Isaiah asking the people, do you fear the Lord? you obey his voice? He asks, do you walketh in darkness and have no light? He gives you the answer. Trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your revelation and truth. Jeremiah 7, verse 23. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Obey, and it will be well with you. That's the word of God. That's his promise. That's his truth right there. You obey, it will be well with you.
Jeremiah 12, verse 17. Jeremiah 12, verse 17. But if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. What is that saying, brothers and sisters? But if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. Warning to the nations in this world who turn away from the Lord thy God. God have mercy. Very simple word, but very powerful. 27. And the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is everlasting kingdom. And all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, go to Matthew 8, 27. 8, 27. But the men marveled manner of man is this, that even the winds and no say, a sea obey him. Creation obeys him. Amen. Mark 1, 27. And they were amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For what authority commanded he even the unclean spirit? Obey him. Unclean spirit. Obey him. Amen. Acts 5. What? Oh, Acts 5, verse 29. Acts 5, verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Encourage you always obey God rather than men. Amen? Acts 5, verse 32. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God given to them that obey him. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey him, Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans 6, verse 17 through 18. But thank God. That now you are slaves of sin, you become obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you are instructed and to which you are committed. And having been set free from sin, hallelujah, free from sin, you have become the slaves of righteousness, of the conformity to God's will and purpose. Amen? Praise God. We have to obey the truth or this will happen. We have to obey the truth or this will happen. Galatians 5, 7 through 9. You were running the race well. 
Who has interfered and prevented you from obeying the truth? This deceptive persuasion is not from him who called you to freedom in Christ. A little leaven, a slight inclination to error or false, I mean, few false teachers leavens the whole batch. It perverts the concept of faith and misleads the church. God have mercy. Let no man deceive you. Look what happens to those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look what happens to those who do not obey the Second Thessalonians. Lord have mercy. Second Thessalonians one eight. Second Thessalonians one eight. Listen to this clearly. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. God have mercy. Such a short sentence, but it says so much. It says so much. Mm. This is so powerful. Second Thessalonians three fourteen. Second Thessalonians three fourteen. If any man if any man obeys our word by the epistle, not that man and have no company with him, that they that he may be ashamed. Paul warning us have no company with ones who do not obey the word of God. Amen? Hebrews 5, verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what? Obey him. Obey him. That's the key. Eternal salvation unto all, unto all them that obey him. Who? Jesus. Amen? 1 Peter one twenty two. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfined love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Obeying the truth your souls are purified. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's a question from the Apostle Peter. A question from the Apostle Peter. 1 Peter 4, verse 17. 1 Peter 4, verse 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? This is what God is asking you who do not obey him. God have mercy. So we see clearly that disobedience came from
from the rebellious created being, and he has been trying to spread this to God's created children. He wants you to rebel against God. He wants you to be like him, evil, wicked, and prideful. He wants you to join him for his disobedience in hell and damnation. God of mercy. This is not what God wants for you. He wants you to come to him, obey him, obey his word, obey his Holy Spirit, accept God's will and commandments, obey his voice, come to him and receive his son, Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord. Don't you think the Creator knows what you need more than your own self? Amen. Now finish with this from a passionate servant, Jude, to us who believe in faith and obey. Jude, verses 17 through 25. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Hallelujah. But as for you, beloved, Remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They used to say to you, in the last days there will be scoffers, falling after their own ungodly passions. These are the ones who are agitators, causing divisions, worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved. The void of the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation, your most holy faith, continually progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously looking forward to the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. On some, have mercy, but with fear, loafing, even the clothing, spotted and polluted by their shameless, immoral freedom. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin and to present you unblemished. Who? Who's going to present you unblemished? You? No. Him. Jesus. And to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless in the presence of his glory with triumph, joy, and unspeakable delight. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power before all time, now, and forever. Amen. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very simple. Psalms, but very powerful. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what 
All right, brothers and sisters, praise God, hallelujah. We're going to move on in this service. And my wonderful wife and sis Brenda is going to bring you a message that Jesus, that the Lord knows more than your name. The Lord knows more than your name, amen? Hallelujah. Hi, everybody. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? Yep. I am heard. (laughs) I have to check that every time I get on because not for sure if the phone is going to work or not. It is. By faith, we believe. (sighs) God makes us a way. God knows more than your name. Amen. John 10.3, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own own sheep by name and leads them out. Isn't it amazing that no matter where those sheep wander off to, their master still knows them by name, and they know his voice. Amen. It seems like something in the in the world in which we live. It's easy to get in the shuffle of life and feel like just a face of the crowd. Have you ever been in a large public place? Say, for example, an airport where no one there knows you by name. If you're lucky, you've got all your papers, luggage, and ticket in order. But if you don't, if you can, if you can manage just to remember your confirmation number, then usually everything will work out all right. It's kind of funny how we're identified by numbers, isn't it? Have you ever been asked for your four, your last four of your social? Yeah. Nowadays, you're asking for the last five of your social. The first time I was asked that, I, I st- and still now, I have to think about that fifth number. Amen. Society uses numbers a lot. Yeah. Ever made a phone call and heard the following options? Enter the party's extension number. Now, if you want, if you know it, or press it, or press one if you want this, or press two if you want that, or press three. If you want to leave a message in a general mailbox, four if you like to hear the options again, or zero to talk to an operator. And then you hear the message say, I'm sorry, but I'm away from my phone at this time. Please leave a message. Beep. Or the beep followed by, I'm sorry, but the person's mailbox in whom you wish to leave a message is full. Please try your call again later. Thank you. Don't I sound just like them? (laughs) That's me. Talk about feeling depersonalized and dehumanized. There is nothing more aggravating than that. And that's exactly how the devil wants you to feel. That you do not matter much to anyone, especially to God. You see, the devil knows little by little and more about the more you are beat down, by the world, the more he will start, you will start to think that you don't matter at all to anyone. But the Bible says 
you matter to God. Amen. He knows everything about you. He knows you by name. He even knows your whole social security number, not to just the last five digits of it. He knows exactly where you're, what you're going through and where you are hurting. He knows every hair on your head. He sees you and cares for you. There's no detail in your life he's not interested in. He knows he knows everything about you. Psalms 139, the Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. Amen. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. For behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Isn't that beautiful? The Bible says he knows something, something about you that you don't even know. Imagine that. Some, someone more concerned about you than you are. Amen. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. What's the price of a pet canary? Some loose change, right? And God cares what happens to it even more than you do. He pays even greater attention to you. Down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You're worth more than a million canaries. Amen. Praise God. That's how much God cares about his children. He knows everything about you. The Bible says that he even goes out of his way to care for us. He is more than willing to do for you what he has done for for the woman at the well in Samaria. John 4, 3 through 6. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. He needed to go through Samaria. He came, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sachar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well is there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, stepped us by the well and was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. He didn't have to go that, that way that day. But the Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. In other words, Jesus intentionally went out of his way that day and went through Samaria to speak to the woman who had been searching for answers and for something in her life to satisfy her. John 4, 9 9 and 10 says, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it you, being a Jew, ask? a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. 
Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Clearly, she had no idea who he was or what he was about what he was about that day. But she knew he knew she knew but he knew who she was. Amen. He knew that she had a need, one that needed to be met that day. Like the woman, a lot of times we don't know exactly what Jesus is up to. The good news is that we don't have to know what Jesus is up to. We can rest assured knowing that he is working all things together for our good. We don't need to know what what his plans are. He says, I know the plan. It, that, he didn't say anything else. Says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. <laughs> In John 4, 15, 16, and 17, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come to here to draw. Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said well. I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband, and that you spoke truly, and that you have spoke truly. This woman had had five husbands, and the man she is living with was not her husband. It's evident as we read the woman's story that things had not been going right for her. Anywhere and everywhere, all her life, for answers and fulfillment. She's not so different from you and I. Before we came to know the Lord, we were in the world doing our own thing. Obviously, ready to, really obviously to what is we really needed searching for fulfillment anywhere and everywhere even though not in the same way as the woman as woman had lived we were still guilty of more than our share of sin sometimes christians tend to judge others and think they have done is some somehow not as bad as a person the next person's offense. The truth is, the Bible says, sin is sin. Amen. When we come to Jesus, none of us are worthy. We all come as filthy rags. Amen. But praise Jesus. The blood of Jesus washes us whiter than snow. Thank you, Lord. Amen. When we stop trying to find the answers and fulfillment we're looking for on our own, and give everything over to Jesus and him and what he can do for us, then we are completely, for, then we find complete forgiveness and the peace we're looking for. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't keep condemning us like the condemner and the world does. He offers something they can't, forgiveness, like he did for the woman. He will meet us where we are and offer us complete forgiveness 
and no condemnation. Our sins are forgiven to be remembered again. Church, all of humanity matters to Jesus. Just like the woman in the well, in spite of all she had done, she mattered to Jesus. The Bible says he needed to go to, to her to minister her. And indeed, after she met Jesus and the Redeemer, she was transformed. John four twenty eight through 30. The woman took the hint and left. See a man who knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. Do you ever think this, do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. The world had made her feel like a second-rate citizen. But Jesus, because he, he went out of his way, that day had turned her world around with forgiveness and treated her with first-class treatment. He, he treated her like she was somebody. She was no longer ashamed and went into the city and told everyone she knew what had happened that day. He had set her that day on a course for the abundant life that he had for everyone that comes to know him. He has He had planned for her that day. The Bible says he had plans for you too. I wonder what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. I I wonder what that says. Let me think. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Everything about Jesus is what he offers to all who chooses to come to him. It's first class, and, and is, that's exactly how he wants us to treat you this, this evening, too. Thank you, Lord. Romans 1, 7. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in a really top-notch restaurant? When you are at a five-star restaurant and the staff the staff works together with precision, they wait on you hand and foot. They won't, you won't for nothing. They ask you, is everything okay? Before you need a refill, your drink has already been filled. There's no crumbs on your table. You don't have to look for your server. They are constantly on the look out for your needs. Uh, that blessed lady, that Christian lady, that shout out to uh, Sis Brenda, if she's out there, a wonderful server at uh, on a border restaurant. Praise God. Yeah. They give they give you preferential treatment. They make you feel like you are somebody, but it's nothing compared to the way God treats those that love Him. The grace of God is defined as undeserved, unearned, and unmerited favor. He gives you the best. You get preferential treatment. You heard it preached you've heard it preached before, but let me tell you again, God doesn't want you to do just you to just know about his favor. 
He wants you to start living in his favor and experience it. If you're not living it, then you really don't believe it. Today, God wants you to know that you can you can and do have his favor on you today. He wants you to know that you matter to him. He wants you to know that he gives you preferential treatment, which you do not deserve. He wants you to depend on in your life. God wants you to know that his favor is in your is in your life can be increased. Amen. You can experience more of his favor from day to day. How? The Bible the Bible tells us in Second Peter one two that God's grace, our favor, is multiplied to us in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The more that you look to Jesus and his love for you, the more you believe and confess that God's favor is on you, and the more you will see his favor work for you in your life. Church, listen. Jesus left his home in heaven to on the cross made possible. You matter... You matter more to him. He comes he came to give you life and life more abundantly. You are more than just a number. You are you're are just a face in the crowd. Just you are. If you have never thought that you were somebody, let me tell you, you're somebody to him. He knows you he knows you by name, even by the numbers of your hair on your head. He loves and cares for you more than you know. And in spite of the message that you might have made in your life, he wants to help you meet your every need. He wants you to enjoy the abundant life that he has promised us all. There's an old country song by Billy Joe Shaver that sums it off pretty good this morning. I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. I ain't going to grow. I, I'm i going to grow and glow until I'm a smile on everybody's face. I'm going to kneel and pray every day lest I become vain along the way. I'm just an old chunk of coal now, Lord, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. Amen. Hallelujah. Even though you might only see yourself as a stone that's rough around the edges, God sees through the rough exterior of of the diamond you already are. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today, why not make him your Lord of your life? Amen. Today, ask him into your heart. He already knows your name. Why not get to know him and find the peace and answers that you have been looking for today? Thank you. Amen. That's it. What a powerful message. Amen, brothers and sisters. Praise God. He knows my name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. I 
verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellency, the wonderful deeds, virtues, and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What? You were not a people at all. You were God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, babe. Go ahead to the 
prayer decoration. Amen. I am. From Proverbs. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Most Bible promises are great with conditions. This verse in Proverbs is a prime example. In order for foolishness to be driven from the heart of our children, we must be willing to weld the rod of correction. But that rod. But what is that rod? Is it just physical punishment for shortcomings? That may that may certainly be part of it. As the adage goes, spare the rod for the child. Sometimes, though, a rod can represent words, especially words spoken with authority. A good example is Isaiah 11:4, a prophecy that the Messiah would strike the earth with the rod of his. Jesus certainly was no was no easygoing preacher. He exposed hypocrisy, sin, and rebellion wherever he preached. Those who love God welcome his words of correction, for they keep us far from contaminating influence of the foolish world. In the in the end of our children in the end our children will love us also if we are careful to discipline them this way, correcting wrong behavior and leading them in the path of wisdom. David in his told the shepherd God, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Similarity, the the rod of correction welded by loving parents should also be a comfort to your children and the world and the world's point them in the way of life that pleases God. Here is our prayer declaration. Lord God, how foolish this world is with its ungodly agendas and its refusal to surrender to the truth. Your word says that even the the thought of foolishness is pent of it. I repent of it all. I ask that you to cleanse me and my children of this worldly influence. I recognize that foolishness is bound up in the hearts of of my children because of the inherited fallen nature. But your word can remove it and drive it far from them. I pray that Joshua, Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, their spouses and their children will be will not succumb to the foolishness of this cardinal nature, but will instead embrace the wisdom of God and receive the new nature. I make a commitment to lovingly discipline my children when it is needed 
so that the rod is of my mouth shall lead them in the way of truth and bring comfort to my children now and forevermore in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And that we be like a city on our knees. Amen. Amen.
Lord. I mean, the Lord is bringing his word. Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. This is the king that we're talking about. Listen to the kind of attitude and the kind of passion and love our king has and how God has highly exalted him. Philippians 2, starting with verse 4. Do not merely look at for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have the same attitude in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example for selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form, in the unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily, temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality in his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bond servant, being in a made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but without sin, being fully God and fully man. After he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man, for the divinely appointed time, he humbled himself. Still further, still further, by becoming obedient. There's that word, what we were talking about tonight. By becoming obedient to the Father, to the point of death, even the death on the cross. For this reason also, because he obeyed, this is what the Lord is saying, you need to obey. Because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself. Another key to honoring God and pleasing him is being humble. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. The city on our knees, and everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God, brothers and sisters. That's the truth of God's word. That's the truth. You see how important it is to be obedient? You see how important it is to be obedient. And another thing the Lord told us in this time, and as believers, that we are to pray. Pray for one another. Amen? Again, we'll listen to this beautiful anointed song about uh, uh, 
about prayer and a personal relationship with God. Hello, God, it's me.
was best for us and our destiny. He was willing to die the death on a cross. The most cruelest and gruesomest way that the world and the devil ever came up to punish and kill somebody was a crucifixion. God, what great mercy and love you have for us. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And it's um it's prayer time. It's time to come and share your uh prayer needs. Your that you would come and be still and know that he is God and you know that you need him, that he is our great high priest, and that we need to call upon him because we can't do it in our own strength. We cannot do this life in our own strength. There's no way. We need him. And he knows that we have frail body and that we have uh, not perfect minds, but only through him we're perfect, and that we need him to help us. Amen? So anyone have prayer requests? Anyone have requests that we will take before the mercy seat of God? By the name of Jesus, our great high priest, and the power of his blood that we can go before the throne of God. And then he hears our voice, and we even know his number. Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen? He's able to do it. Amen. Pray for our nation. That's right, baby. Pray for America. God have mercy on America. Pray for Israel. Of course, we can pray for the whole world. Ones that have turned their back on God and his people. And we know what that means. We see it. We can see it every day in the news. YouTube, people revealing the things that are happening in these last days. It's very clear. I will bless those who bless thee, and I will curse those who curse thee. Amen. Listen, Warren and Roger. Amen, sis. Amen. Pray for uh, Minister Paul. Robert and pray that uh, he, he he just put his 
uh, grandmother in hospice. So I need to uh, pray for comfort, uh, pray for comfort and uh, peace for them and guidance. Amen. Amen. Yes, this area, uh, we do uh, thank you for praying for us and our protection, the ones who serve at the Lord's hour. We pray that we be humble servants before him and serve him well. We thank you for your Amen. We do pray for the ones that serve here at the uh, Lord's Hour. Okay. She was earlier. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Any other prayer requests, brothers and sisters? Um, again, pray for the ones uh, that are not here from the Lord's hour. Seems like I've seen that more and more lately. I pray that they're all okay. They're still searching and looking, I mean, searching and serving the Lord. Yes, yeah, pray for Amen. Where now? Yes. And pray for who now? A a, again, A-W. Okay. B-D. B-H. Okay. Pastor, what about? Uh-huh. What about? And why? Rihanna. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's tough for believers there in Damascus. Definitely pray for them. And pray for her family to be saved. We all need to be praying that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We still have that prayer request. Yes. And pray for the safety of the candidates. Yes. Um, Sister Marietta, and I pray that they would hear God. They would hear God. And know which way they are supposed to, if, uh, if they're elected to be, that they would lead this nation. That they would hear the true living God and be guided by Him. That's what I pray for them. Amen. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you and just praise you for this day. Lord, we come humbly before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're needy people, <laughs> and you knew that, and that you come to meet all our needs. And, Lord, the greatest need is salvation. We're grateful for that. 
Lord, we're grateful that you provide our needs and you watch over and protect us. Lord, that you have called us to intercede. You've called us to be concerned about others and have a heavy heart for the ones that are hurting and lost. Lord, we pray that you would guide us and we lift up these prayer requests to you in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Father God, I, I pray for my uh, my boss at work. I pray for him and his family or they're facing uh, with their grandmother and hospice and uh me and Sister Brenda, we've been there, and we watched this go on, and we know it's hard. <laughs> you can't do it in your own strength for sure. When it comes to facing uh, uh, life and death, that you have to have the one who holds our lives in his hands. And you, you need to know Jesus, who is the resurrection in life. And we pray that for all in the Malugian family, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for America in a time of decision, in a crossroads of our nation, so young and has turned away from the living God, not even being, not even 300 years old yet. Lord, I just pray, Father, that as believers in America, that we stand for Jesus, we stand for truth. Lord, that we take a stand for righteousness and truth. As everyone else is standing for things that are of sin and of this world, that we stand for the truth and the kingdom of God. And Lord, we pray that we would become a country on our knees to the one true king, you, Lord Jesus. We pray for Israel and Jerusalem, Father. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. We pray that blessings upon Israel and, Lord, that we would just pray for the Jewish people that they would turn back to Yahweh, turn back to Yeshua, HaMashiach, find their Messiah, who is Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One. Lord God, I pray for families. I pray for our families, each one. Lord, that we claim the promises from your word, as it was for like for Cornelius in the book of Acts, for the Philippian jailer in the book of Acts. Lord, that we claim salvation for our households. And devil, we command you and rebuke you away from our family members. As the Lord has given us authority in his name and authority in the families as we are believers, we command you and your demons and evil spirits to let go of our children and our family in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you open the eyes of the blind. You open the eyes of the lost. You open their hearts that they can hear your knocking on their hearts door and that you want to come in and change their lives. I pray against the addictions that are trying to come against uh, the family members in the spirit, Lord, of alcohol, in the, of lust and pornography. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus Christ, just as the Lord said that we were able to do through him. 
Lord, we just pray that you bring our loved ones in before it's too late. Oh, Lord, that they open their eyes and their hearts and realize they need you, Lord Jesus. They need you as Lord and Savior. Father God, we pray for Minister Paul and Sis Gail. Bless our brother and sister in Christ. Lift them up and strengthen them. Watch over and protect them. Let him know that he is loved. Even though he is mocked and scoffed at and called all things ungodly, that he is godly through Christ. And that he is mocked and scoffed, he should be rejoicing because it shows who is living inside and that they're not just mocking and scoffing him personally, but they're mocking and scoffing you, Lord. God, have mercy on their souls, the ones that would do this. Oh, Father, we just pray for each one who serves here at the Lord's hour. Bless and watch over and protect each family. Bless them and lift them up in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we pray for our brother, Joel Kawadi. Lord, I pray you would make a way, open a door for a job for him at this time and that you will provide for him. And, Lord, he wants to be closer with you. Lord, let him understand that he needs to be still and know that you are God. And let the Holy Spirit lead and guide him in all truth. And, Lord, that he would sit at your feet like Mary did. And, Lord, that he would want just to walk with you and talk with you. And know that you, he loves, that you love him very much. And that, Lord, you would be personal with him by your spirit. Comfort him. And know that a closer walk with the Lord is through his word and be led by the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray uh, for Pastor Awabzbara and his wife, Rihanna. Lord, serving in Damascus. Oh, Lord, only by you, only by you are they able to do this in such a time as this in a place like that. Lord, that they would be a light and a witness, even in a place like that, even in the in the uh, 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 possibility of persecution, even death, that they'll stand for Jesus, and they will stand for Yeshua there, and the light of God would shine, even in that place where all seem like hail is breaking loose, war and bombs and all that. Oh Lord, we pray for a persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ that they would stand for Christ with their lives. And they are an example. And they, 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 they show us to how to be strong in our faith. That it is worth even to give our lives for Jesus, for he gave his life for us, that we would do that. Father, we just praise and honor you tonight. We pray for the candidates that are running for president or leadership in this nation. Lord, I pray that they would fall on their knees and cry out to you and be guided by you and not man and not the things of man. But, Lord, if they truly want to lead a nation and lead a nation into righteousness, they have to look to you, Lord. If they want to make a nation get back where it's supposed to be, led by God and that he is king over us, they need to look to you, Lord, and fall on our knees. We need to be a country, a city on our knees. 
Oh, Lord, we just praise you tonight. I thank you for each brother and sister here. Lord God, I pray you will bless them and watch over. Bless and watch over and, and give wisdom and guidance and the truth of God's word will come alive to our guests. And Father, for Sister Marietta, bless her, strengthen her. Lift up our sister in Christ. Watch over them. Amen. I pray, Lord, for salvation uh, for Warren, Weston, and uh, Roger. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for each one of our family members. And, Father, we just pray their eyes are open, their hearts are open to the truth. And I know, Lord, you're able to do it. Father, I pray for my brother, Brother Kowal Jawadi. Bless our brother. Lift him up. Give him guidance and wisdom. Comfort him. Strengthen him, Lord. Know he's not alone, that you're always with him, that you walk with him wherever he goes. And, Lord, that you open doors and shut doors before him. And that you may go away, O oh Lord. And, Father, we pray for Sis Isragate. Lord, bless her. Lift her up. Strengthen her. Let her be a light to her family. Let the light of the gospel be the beacon. Be like the lighthouse in her family's life around and people around her. Lord, I just thank you for each brother and sister here. We thank you for all that are listening, Lord. And bless this crystal who comes faithfully and, and lift her up and strengthen her, Lord, her and her family, and that you would help uh, Jose to get his green card and salvation to the household and her family in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for your word and that you know our name and you know more than just our name. And, Lord, that we have understand that you want obedience and that, Lord, it is not a good place at all to be in disobedience to you. Lord, we just thank you and praise you. Give you all the glory and honor. And that we're looking for a holy wedding day. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the story of the sinless guy hanging on a cross for me. But it ends with a bride and groom in a wedding by a glassy sea. Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause I'll be there singing.